from a bunker in beautiful Parkchester, the Bronx, it's Electoral Dysfunction. Now, here's your host, Tom Brennan. Hey everyone, welcome back to Electoral Dysfunction, the show where comedians and experts debate the news of the week from the safety of their quarantines. I'm your host, Tom Brennan. Thanks for being with us for another week. Huge week in the news, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, as we... Uh, as we get to the panel today, before we get to that, just a quick reminder, electoral dysfunction gearing up to go down to the city where democracy was born. And who knows, uh, every presidential election cycle where democracy could die, Philadelphia, for the Class Clowns Comedy Festival with our pals at Crossroads Comedy. That's a lot of K sounds. Uh, it's going to be great. Friday, March 31st, uh, 7.30 p.m. at Plays and Players Theater. Uh, and then right after us, our pals Daryl, Charles, Timory, Schmidt will be doing DTF Next night, our pals over at Study Hall are going to be on. It's going to be a great night of shows or great two nights of shows. Actually, there's four nights, but I'm only going to be in town for two nights because I can't spend more than two days in Philadelphia. Um, links to all the tickets are in the show descriptions uh, or show notes. So check it out. Uh, before we get to the panel, we have a concerned citizen with us who who wants to say a few words. Uh, very excited to talk to this gentleman. My guest today, um, oh, interesting, N did not fill out a name. Uh, here, there's just just the sleepy face uh, emoji. Hello. Uh, hi, Tom. Sorry about that. I'm I'm Brendan. Oh man, I'm so tired. I can't even finish it. All right, always a good sign when you can't finish your name. Uh, you must be very tired. I believe I heard Brendan. I have a cousin named Brendan. Oh, close uh, enough. <laughs> sure. All right. Well, what's your message for us today? Possibly Brendan. Uh, we switched from standard time to daylight savings time, and I really needed that extra hour that we lost. All right. I, you know, I don't want to be pedantic. It's daylight saving time. But uh, I noticed that was daylight saving time. That was like a week ago. I mean, I get it. But that next the day after Sunday, I'm always a little wonky. But after that, I think that that might be on you. Have you not caught up on sleep this I whole week? I really haven't. I, I still miss that hour, Tom. I never got to sleep through it, you know? Well, you only got eight months until November or so for November 5th. When we go back to standard time. Never too soon to start thinking about it, I, I guess. Uh, I can't wait. To, I can't. I am still using standard time right now in my day-to-day -day life, and it is not going well. Interesting. How so? Talk Talk to me, I guess, about that. Thank you, Tom. This is I appreciate you creating space for this. I I'm like sure. always an hour late to things. I I've like missed okay. birthdays, brunches, long walks on the beach. You know stuff that like you really cannot be an hour late for. I think you could be an hour late for most of those things. I mean, it depends if the birthday party's got a reservation, but I no, I think most of those you can be late for. Potato, tomato. Sure, that's not how that saying goes. Uh, so what can what what can we do for you on this platform? I just well look, I, I want to bring standard time back. <laughs> Me and a group of concerned citizens are, you know, uh, are staging a protest. And I want to be clear: these these like this is an actual group. It's not like just my roommates. <laughs> <laughs> okay um i mean uh I, good for you i everyone has a right to speak out i imagine if we went back to standard time it'd be difficult with the sun rising at three and think of those those poor farmers but uh sounds like you're pretty serious about this yeah yeah i mean we're still figuring out the time because like we want to do 10 a.m but not like daylight saving time 10 a.m we want to do standard times 10 a.m that's that's 11 a.m. Uh, Don't you know. use their time, Tom. <laughs> sure. Um, where are you going to do the protest? I'm just curious. Where would you where where's this protest going to take place? You know that like, you know, like when you go to Madison Square, uh, or the park and there's like a tower with a clock on it. Sure. Yeah. And, like half the time it's not even. On. Yeah. Like around like near the Shake Shack. We're going to do it. <laughs> All right. You know, very good. It's look, this is time. You know, I appreciate how you feel about this, but I don't control time. You don't control time. We, for whatever reason, need to do daylight saving time. I'm I'll agree. I'm not a hundred percent sure 
why we have to, uh, particularly given the state of farming in America. But uh, look, man, uh, uh, it's just the way it is. You just gotta 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 roll the punches. Uh, you you came here, you like Elizabeth Warren on the Daily Show before she became a senator. You pledge your case. I don't think I'm helping you out as much as I can here. Say your piece. We're about to go over the panel. But, uh, you know, talk to me about why this is the most important issue for you. Uh, uh, do it. I'm giving you this time. Take it away, Brandon, maybe. Uh, yeah. No, again, close enough. I just to reiterate, this is uh, super important to me. But uh, main reason I'm here is honestly, I'm going to take a nap before the protest tomorrow. Can one of you wake me up? <laughs> yeah. You know what? <laughs> I can't say no to those 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 little puppy dog eyes. You got it. Uh, you tax me your number, and I will I will wake you up. With that, Ned Thorne, let's kick it over to the panel. And join me in welcoming this week's panel. First up, very funny comedian. We're happy to have her back on the show. You can see her all over the Crossroads Comedy uh, Theater's Class Ca Clowns Comedy Festival. I've been having fun with that alliteration the last few weeks. Uh, she'll be at every show, I think. Rachel Samagrant's with us. Hey, Rachel, how are you? Hi, Tom. You know, it's actually sunny in Philadelphia today, so I'm I'm feeling good. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> that's could be a good sign, could be a bad sign. We'll get to that in a moment. Also with us, uh, formerly of the great city of Philadelphia, now coming to us from the great state of Arizona. Uh, you can also catch him at the Class, Class Clowns Comedy Festival from Crossroads Comedy Theater. Mike Udell's back. Hey, Mike, how are you? I'm doing great, Tom. Great to be here. Nice to see everybody. Good to have you back. And of course, uh, Bloomberg Opinions own the most beloved man in the entirety of the upper uh, regions of Manhattan, at least. Robert George is with us. Robert, how are you, my friend? Doing well, Tom. Thank you very much. And Rachel, I, I had, I'd always been told that it, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Is that not the case? You know, it's kind of a misconception here. Um, sometimes we do get rain. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. It's a it's in the Delaware River Valley too. So if the wind, oh man, there's an, a wind tunnel right between East Hall and uh that giant building where all of Comad stuff is now at Drexel that is the coldest place on earth. Uh particularly <laughs> is, if you are is. a depressed sophomore in college. Um, I, you know, I love being I always love being the, uh, the, the like the odd guy out, you know, trying to discern these little you know, uh, Drexel in jokes and stuff. You know, it's always kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it's got a it's a small but loyal audience. The Drexel in jokes, uh, <laughs> although getting bigger every year. Um, <clears throat> good for them. Uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, so uh, we'll start with the, the fun news of the week. And that is right now, as we speak on Truth Social, uh, Donald Trump, formerly president. This never gets easier of this country. Uh, uh, is is rallying the troops because the Manhattan District Attorney's Office is the, the rumor is is brewing that any day now, likely the the thought is potentially Tuesday, March twenty first, he may be indicted. Uh, and he is he is he's calling on people to to come out and protest. And boy, uh, when has that ever gone wrong for the United States of America <laughs> when Donald Trump has called his supporters to protest bad news for him? Uh, and before we get into that, I just want to say I work in that part of town. And if you're planning to protest, if you could just steer clear of the Chamber Street, Sweet Green, I got to pick up my lunch. I'm on a diet. I don't need any trouble. Um, I'll say I voted libertarian if that helps. Anyway, um, <clears throat> the situation is this. he, The grand, Manhattan Grand Jury... Uh, is currently investigating uh, $130,000 that was paid to uh, a porn star and, in my view, American hero Stormy Daniels by uh, Donald Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, who I think, I got to say, of all the ex-Trump people, maybe my favorite, because I feel like he's the only one whenever he's interviewed who's like, we're evil. <laughs> you got me. The rest of them try and protest this and that and the other. And he's like, nope, I was part of the bad guys. And then they caught me. So uh, here I am helping. Um, uh, 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 Michael Cohen paid her $130,000 that was reimbursed to him from Trump. Trump claims that he was just following advice from his lawyer. Uh, uh, uh the, the, the heart of this being that, uh, she was going to come forward with, uh, the story of an affair. Uh, and this was hush money to shut her up. Uh, Cohen, uh, claims the affair as does Daniels claim the affair happened. Trump denies it, but says he took advice from his lawyer to just give her money to go away, uh, before the 2016 election. 
but Trump has confirmed that if he is indicted, he will indeed go to Manhattan criminal court. He will indeed be fingerprinted and get the mugshot. He probably won't uh, go in handcuffs. <clears throat> uh, so uh, who knows? At this point in the, the Trump era, I'm I no longer believe that any real justice will be done, but I am excited to watch it happen. And let's start our, our thoughts. Uh, and Rachel, we'll go to you first. Uh, thoughts on the potential of an indictment for Donald Trump. You know, it's like it's like vintage Trump, right? I was like, oh, Stormy Daniels, that old, that old uh, controversy and how that didn't matter when he was running for president because he got elected. Um, you know, it is kind of one of those things where I don't think anything will actually change. Like this man is still going to run for president, even if he gets indicted. It's like, well, he was impeached twice. He incited a riot where people died. Uh, and he just keeps living his golden toilet life. Uh, <laughs> and the rest of us just kind of continue um, you know, living in the misery that his administration set up, you know, um, though, you know, the last election went to Democrats, uh, we still continue to see uh, the unfortunate kind of uh, trickle down to use terms that Republicans <laughs> like uh, effects of what's <laughs> what that administration did. So, you know, we all will suffer and he won't ultimately is how I think this is going to go. I believe we call that supply side suffering now. So uh, that was for Robert. Uh, <laughs> Robert, your thoughts on uh, on noted uh, noted socialist leftist Alvin Bragg uh, undermining justice yet again with his belief that uh, presidential candidates shouldn't pay hush money to strippers. <laughs> Well, you know, I I think it's actually impressive because I, I I may be wrong. I mean, I live in New York, of course, so I, I may be wrong, but I think this may very well be the first person that Alvin Bragg has prosecuted since he since he uh, since he became DA. Solid, <laughs> solid, all right, nicely done, good work. If you're gonna hit the wokeanistas, hit them with a good joke. Well done. This isn't some Joe Rogan bullshit. That was clever. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, but uh, all jokes aside, this is this is um, this is rather interesting because um, as uh, people in the New York, I, I, no, actually, I, I think you know via you know MSNBC and social media and things like that, um, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding Alvin Bragg um, coming from his coming from his left because you know I, I was making a joke that that. that conservatives make about um, Bragg uh, uh, not bringing prosecutions for, you know, lo low-level offenses, and some some offenses that are arguably not low-level. Uh, but uh, those on the left were, were frustrated because uh, there were two prosecutors, um, uh, holdover prosecutors uh, in his office who, who, who left because they, because they felt that he was not... Um, uh, uh, prosecuting a separate uh, indictment, uh, a, a separate criminal case um, against um, against against Trump, and so so they left. And one of those pros one of those prosecutors wrote a book about it, uh, which 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 raised a lot of uh, uh, ethical questions within the with, within the legal community. But so 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 Bragg uh, coming out now with this with this with this in, with this indictment. Uh, is uh, with, 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 with Bragg potentially coming out with this with this indictment uh, has a lot of interesting um, political uh, questions behind it, and I would imagine some people um, on the in the Trump orbit are going to say that you know Bragg is trying to um, is doing this partly for political reasons, not just to go after Trump, but because of this uh, of this um, debate on the uh, on the other on the other case on the other case against him. Uh, but since all of this is political, the, the, the fact that that this came out today is 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 rather intriguing because uh, while. Trump is saying, you know, this is, a, you know, rally behind me because this is another, this is a political, this is political. They're they're coming after me. They're coming after you, and and and, and all of this and all this other case. Um, th th he says that uh, that all there are all these leaks of the, 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 that this indictment was going to happen on Tuesday. 
Uh, as far as I can tell, while there has been rumors about a possible indictment coming, there was never any kind of a statement that had come out that there was something definitely was going to happen on Tuesday until Trump himself released it, um, that released is it today. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, correct. Uh, I believe because uh, I know new press has been reaching out to the NYPD, Secret Service, all the various law enforcement agencies just about plans to potentially secure that area on Tuesday. They've given no comment. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office has given no comment. There's no official statement out except one from. And again, this is always painful to say the former president, Donald Trump. <laughs> and, and Trump's and Trump's own Trump's own lawyer uh, isn't even confirming the, the specifics of, of, of an actual day. He was a little bit more he was a little bit more cagey about it. But uh, he, so 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 this has to be seen of in, I, I think, um, beyond the legal questions that are that are out there, I think this has to be seen in the context of Donald Trump um, looking looking ahead to a potentially competitive primary um, against um, against among others um, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And uh, if there's one way to get the to, to rally the base, uh, it's to put put to put out right there that. Um, that, uh, that that you know that the, um, the that the deep that the deep state um, uh, people are coming after him and Alvin Bragg is there is is their working avatar and yeah. uh, classic and duo Ron DeSantis and Alvin Bragg I, uh, there you go so so, so there you the go. left yeah, and so, the right coming after him uh, and I, worth I, noting I forget the name of his current lawyer but just for clarity's sake it is not former mayor of the city of New York Rudy Giuliani. Who I imagine uh, would have texted the indictment accidentally to Maggie Haberman. Joe Tacopino, who has who been um, good lawyer. Who's been on who's been on the who's been on the fringes <clears throat> of um of New York le- of the New York legal community for many, many years. Yeah, I should clarify, not good like as in capital G good uh or a good guy, but like as opposed to Trump's many other lawyers, seems to do things like say no comment and not, you know, accidentally butt dial. <laughs> the press corps i mean there there are three (laughs) other potential indictments looming out there what if this is just all like a misdirect and georgia pops up this week or january 6 pops up this week yeah the the list is long right so who knows where where the uh the trump indictment pops up could be anywhere i imagine the the nypd not commenting in part because they're like we don't need these lunatics to know where to go Mike, your thoughts uh, in general on on the potential, you know, Trump indictment. Uh, and uh, one thing I want to and we can put this back to the rest of the panel after as well, like, you know, like the political there is, you know, we don't want everything to be politicized. You can't not politicize the front runner for the Republican nomination uh, being indicted, even if he's guilty, like it will it becomes political just by the mere fact of he is the front runner. He is the most popular uh, presidential candidate for the polls. He's the leader of the Republican Party still. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, Rachel's withering Rachel. as you're describing. I, every time this. I say this, more of her life force goes away. Uh, but but your thoughts, Mike? <laughs> you, you know, I, I I remember that time between uh, when Biden was declared victor in the 2020 election and January 6th. Uh, thinking, you know, we really don't know how all of this ends. And we didn't know how all of this ended, right? January 6th was a surprise to most people, even though, you know, there were certainly some warnings percolating out there. And now Trump's back on Truth Social, you know, trumpeting, you know, some of the same kind of nonsense. And I don't think we know what's going to happen this week if there's an indictment, which is kind of frightening that we live in in a formerly very stable political country that is now you know, being being torn at the seams. At, at, at the same time, it has felt like a, a peaceful respite over the last two years, because if you're able to sort of stay away from social media, things kind of seem normal again. Unless, of course, you were in my state where, um, you know, you had Carrie Lake running against Katie Hobbs and, you know, half the state looking for jobs in other states in preparation for the potential of a of a lake victory. But thankfully, that did not happen. Hey, that's well, future um, vice well, president hand, Michael, Carrie Lake say, to you, you know, sir. He, Robert, Elon go. Musk is out there saying, "Please hold my beer." Yeah, so yeah. Uh, well, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get to the damage social media cause in a moment. But <laughs> well, I, I, I just I just saw a headline this morning that Trump uh, issued an "I am back" on Facebook. He did yes. on Facebook, which was the place where many of us went for some social media peace and quiet over the last yeah. few months. That's how much he hates Elon Musk. I know, <laughs> and that's why, as much as I hate Trump, like there, I will always come back to it as you like the list of people he hates the most. 
a lot of people I hate are on that list. He hates Paul Ryan. He hates Elon <laughs> Musk. Hates Kevin McCarthy. Hates Mitch McConnell. I'm like, ah, this guy. Uh, that's you know I've said the, that the Tom times. Trump Venn diagram. He, he I'm quite, not looking forward to him potentially being the presidential candidate for the Republican Party again. I am very much looking forward to him uh, just destroying Ron DeSantis in the process. This is a thing that excites me. Robert, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say uh, of those, he doesn't. I mean, I think personally, he has complete and total contempt for Kevin McCarthy, but he doesn't Who really. Doesn't? Uh, uh, well, but uh, he. Uh, McCarthy, he sort of he kind of keeps close because he 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 uh he needs him he he and that's why he he um supported him in the speaker in the speaker race and so uh he yeah he 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 and he and McCarthy are currently on on good terms oh but oh he definitely but uh, oh, the rest of them absolutely but particularly I'm I'm sure he was like you know cheering um when he when um, the news broke about uh, Mitch McConnell you know um. Uh, falling falling and getting a concussion and stuff like that i'm look sure again that, did i feel please. good knowing that me and trump were both cheering at that news yes yeah, not, now let's be nice <laughs> be nice Come sure. on. all right i'll be nice you're right i'll be i'll be nice to mitch mcconnell lord knows he's had a hard time um <laughs> uh anyway uh, yeah, no, it does say a lot about the Republican Party that Mitch is no longer even in my top 20 of people who I hope fall down. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk a little bit then. Do, do you uh, actually keep that list? Yeah, yeah, not on not on not on anything digital. Uh, I think it, I it's think not like your MySpace top nine that yeah. you kind of like alternate to diss your friends. No. Uh, yeah, oh, that was great. Remember that when like I got messages so nice. from people like I noticed I'm not in your top nine anymore. Um uh, and I meant it. It was on purpose to those yeah. people. I definitely ditched them on purpose. Uh, no, I try to do a handwritten version of that list because I think under the Patriot Act, uh, <laughs> they still have rights to look if they see more than four names of a leader in a in a in a Microsoft Word document with no context. Um, so let's talk. Uh, uh, Rachel, you alluded to this before that we are still living in the in the the aftermath of the Trump administration and uh, uh, his impact, particularly uh, fun combo. Uh, though they loathe one another, uh, Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump uh, got one thing uh, done during those four years, and that was get a lot of judges into into federal benches. Uh, sure many of these people, as I understand it, 18 year olds who run conservative blogs who have never done their laundry in their lives. You saw that. That was a, I'm going to step on that for a second. Like some viral video went around this week where like, Ben Shapiro and Matt Welsh and all those various guys that were asked, like, what would you rather, like, would you rather your wife only cook for you or only do your laundry? And they're like, well, I've never done my laundry. And I got furious. <laughs> like, who's never done their laundry? Ugh. Men, mostly. I guess so. Uh, none of, clearly, this is one of the great things of living in that blue state bubble. I was in an apartment building and going to do the laundry was a time that I was allowed to leave the apartment without my parents. So that's why I started doing my laundry. That's what I did in high school, hung out in the laundromat. Anyway, um, uh, but, uh, uh, and all that to say that uh, this week, uh, the the state of Texas, federal judge, uh, whose name I don't have written down right now, but isn't a Trump appointee, I'll go find that in a second, uh, heard uh, arguments in a case to, uh, to, to, uh, Man, Ned, edit this part while I try and remember the word. Withdraw uh, f the FDA's uh, approval of uh, birth control medication, whose name I also can't remember. Mifeprestone. Uh, that, uh, you know, anyway, this Texas judge uh, is currently uh, the judge, Judge uh, Judge Kazmark. Um, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Ugh, it's going to be a lot of yeah, editing on this episode. Uh, yeah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, to uh, to withdraw federal uh, uh, or FDA approval of this of this uh, of this this uh, medication abortion this uh, on the heels of Wyoming voting statewide to ban it in the state and uh, Walgreens of all people uh, in many states pulling uh, pulling medication abortion from their shelves interesting thing Robert this is really just for you and me the the Walgreens right across the street from City Hall Park in Manhattan I noticed started putting all their medication abortion pills up by the register so I don't know if they're like individual franchises protesting or if Walgreens corporate was like hey these states put it up right now right now <laughs> anyway uh everything else if I want to get a candy bar I need someone to unlock plastic garters but uh 
Anyway, but, uh, but, the, but well, it's, it is actually kind of funny. I don't think that me not being able to access candy is as important a pro. <laughs> well, well, it is actually kind of funny. Yeah, it's like the the the, the candy is being put behind uh, glass screens like it's you know birth control, and the birth control is being being put up front like it's candy. You know, I you mean. Know? To be clear, uh, well, can't stress enough. I don't think that this pharmacy is the uh, the average pharmacy in the samples through the country. I probably not. <laughs> uh, so, with that in mind, uh, uh, Rachel, as you alluded to, uh, rights and the like slowly being taken away uh, yeah. by men who, even the most progressive of, apparently can't even pronounce the name of the medication. <laughs> uh, thoughts. <laughs> Uh, you know, we live in hell, uh, essentially. <laughs> it's uh, really frustrating to just be like, you know, I, I bought a home in the last year. I pay my taxes. I vote. I do all the things. And I'm like, wow, they're just taking away our rights. I'm <clears throat> I'm paying taxes to have rights taken away. And, you know, I'm, I'm a cisgender uh, woman who is married to a cisgender man, and I am white, and I have uh, you know, a stable income. So though the world uh, and our rights are collapsing around me, I'm someone that's, un you know, I have access to things that a lot of folks won't. And I, and I won't be, uh, you know, my doctors generally listen to me when I say that there's a problem. So, you know, that is to say, uh, with all of that, uh, it's a nightmare. And, you know, we knew it was going to happen when Roe was uh, dismantled, uh, but that doesn't make it any less awful. It's like, you know, when you watch a loved one die of cancer, you know it's coming, but that doesn't mean the day that it happens, it's not any less debilitating or painful or awful. So, you know, uh, I don't know what else to say other than it's horrific. And I think the thing that is just so numbing is that these things are happening and we all feel pretty powerless against it despite all of the things that are supposedly set up in our democracy uh i said in air quotes but you know podcasts aren't a visual medium but right. uh i think anytime someone says our democracy nowadays we know that it's said sarcastically yeah, it's, well and the thing that's like i i think i'm just sort of guffawed about is you know france is like staging a revolution because they want to change retirement age from 62 to 64. I mean, people are out in the streets, they're losing <laughs> yeah. their ever loving minds and they're, you know, revolution is upon them. And it's like, we are in a country where women no longer have a say in their own health care. Uh, transgender folks are being uh, threatened of eradication. Uh, you know, let's be clear on that, that, uh, you know, that that is out there. And, you know, we're banning drag shows. We're doing nothing about gun laws. Uh, you know, we live in a lot of pain and fear in this country. And a lot of powerful people are doing things that directly harm people for the sake of power, not because these things are actually doing anything to make healthcare better, to make our lives safer. It's about power. It's about money. It's about cruelty. Um, and, uh, and we're all just kind of like, we hate this. This is bad yet. I don't know. I think it's just like the onslaught of however many years, <laughs> you know, it's like, you just, there is a point where you just feel powerless and you know if given the opportunity to leave this country and live somewhere else i will take it in a heartbeat that's uh, you, you know, know you alluded that's to this. I, that's how i feel <laughs> you alluded to this something my, my wife and i talk about a lot how like for as as horrified as we are by some things we also acknowledge like we get to canada real quick if we needed to we've got those means uh michael i'd like to talk for our uh, from from your perspective uh, you know, as someone who, you know, has has an expertise in the history of of how uh particularly like diseases and 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 pandemics can can affect your marginalized communities. Like in general, this is a thing I think that doesn't get talked about a lot with these laws where it's like, oh, you just move away from Texas. Uh it's not easy to just move away <laughs> financially. Like you have many communities, uh, and this goes back a long way in our country. And just talk a little bit about like the the disproportionate impact this has on the poorer communities. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll start by saying it 
is going to be the biggest burden to bear on lower income and other marginalized women in the years to come. And I, I don't think we realize how quickly this is going to get bad for, for those communities. Um, it's happening already. Um, today, or I think yesterday, the governor of Wyoming, Mark Gordon, um, banned mifepristone in the state or banned all abortion drugs in the state. Um, there are a number of other states that have already done that. Um, and the women who are going to suffer are not well-off, higher-income women. They're poorer and marginalized women. And that is where the most suffering is going to occur. Um, I'll, I'll inject a personal story into this. Uh, my great-grandmother, who was an immigrant to this country from Austria, came here at the turn of the century, turn of the 20th century, um, had 11 children. Uh, my grandmother was the youngest daughter of those 11 on her 12th pregnancy um, in 1921, she died from a criminal abortion as the death record shows. We were told as kids that our great-grandparent had died in a car accident, um, but my sister through some digging on ancestry.com found something very different. And these are stories that are gonna become much more common, um, unfortunately. Now, back in the 1920s, there were no antibiotics, so the rates of death from illegal abortions were much higher, estimates of about 3,000 women per year in the official records, which was probably much, much higher. Um, but uh, after the advent of antibiotics in the 1940s, those numbers, the official numbers went down to about 200 women per year dying, but that doesn't mean that there were thousands and thousands of women who went into um, sepsis from abortions um, that were done illegally. We are victimizing women who don't have good access to care, who can't afford to take time off from work to travel from one state to another. Um, and you know, maybe if, if as in my state, Arizona, there's a 15 week ban here, if a poor woman has to raise money for an abortion and isn't able to do so during that first trimester, everything changes for her um, and her family. Okay. So we, we are in some tough times. Um, and in public health, we talk a lot about health disparities, which is something we focused a lot on during the pandemic, given the, the differential way the pandemic impacted different populations, we're about to see a slower moving, but equally dangerous um, series of events set in motion that are going to impact poor and marginalized women. And Michael, you you bring up um, another interesting point. There's another news report that came out this week that, uh, you know, the maternal death rate in the United States, once again, it went up to like the highest it's been since I want to say like the 60s or something. And, you know, the United States continues to be the worst uh, maternal mortality rate um, of wealthy nations. Um, so, you know, we're kind of fucked from either angle, you know, before you give birth and while giving birth, our health is not in our own hands. Our doctors do, you know, in, in a lot of states now don't feel safe uh, performing care in the way that they were trained to perform care. Um, and so I, I think all of the crazy panic buttons that are going into those who provide care is also this this awful kind of effect that all of this is going to have that you know all of these dis all the the cards are already stacked against women and especially black women and women of color and indigenous women and now the care providers also have these legal restrictions being piled on top of them you know those yeah, effects are going to be it, it, that's a great point and i think there there are two issues there one is you know the re the refusal for hospitals to offer that type of care particularly when it's medically indicated to to save the life or the health of a mom so that's one issue that we're going to see more of the other is you know for women who are on medications that can potentially cause, you know, uh, birth defects, mm -hmm. uh, congenital malformations um, that may result in pregnancies, unintended pregnancies, if those occur uh, or are not found until the second trimester or even later, you know, we are now, uh, physicians are now hamstrung in terms of what they can do. And, and just as a reminder, almost all abortions take place in the first trimester of pregnancy. That's up to 13 weeks. That's 93% of all abortions. Only 6% take place between 14 and 20 weeks, and about 1% 1, 1 or less take place 
um, in the third trimester. Those are very rare and almost always medically indicated. Or think, always uh, medically what, indicated. One other thing like Rachel mentioning there in terms of the maternal mortality rate, it's worth noting like that does not just include women who are uh, looking to get abortion care. Like I don't know a single pregnant or a woman who has been pregnant or a person who has been pregnant uh, who does not have at least one story. This like includes, and I'm going back to like my mom's generation, <laughs> one story of a doctor being like, no, whatever that thing is that's bothering you is probably fine. And it wasn't fine, no matter what it was. Yeah. Uh, like there's, it's a weird thing, I think right here. No, in the but city, we're hysterical, couple, right? Well, that's what it is. Yeah. You are crazy and emotional. We are crazy. So <laughs> perform lobotomies, um, cut the baby out. Everything's fine, yeah, guys. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then I can go yeah. back to making my husband dinner and doing his laundry. Yeah. Or, you know, back if you got Joe Kennedy in your life, you could just be put in the <laughs> attic somewhere. It'll be fine. Or or Rachel, um, or, or Rachel, take uh -oh. care, you know, take care of the other of, of your other eleven kids, you know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. And you know, lest we forget, there are lawmakers out there now proposing the death penalty for women who have abortions. Pro life, baby. Yep. Well, uh, I think, and I want to talk about that, Robert. And I'm, I'm, you know, I think uh, uh, you and I were talking about this when the Dobbs decision came down. I remember you and I spoke that day. Uh, <laughs> I caught you right on your way to the razor. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, but you know, and, and you you alluded to the potential for for a conversation I had about a month ago with a friend of mine who, uh, I think, you know, uh, in a previous time, uh, his, you know. Uh, if you want to say pro-life, if you want to say uh, not pro-abortion, uh, bona fides were pretty unquestionable, although uh, mm -hmm. this person was never like strident about it, uh, but was definitely against it. And this person made a point to me that he and many colleagues of his after Dobbs had basically been radicalized in the opposite direction, which I found fascinating. Just in time. Great. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, that like now they were basically a place of like whatever my, it's the place that I have, which is it doesn't matter what I think, you know, it's not my body and I can't believe this happened in our country. They Like this person was genuinely shocked. Uh, and I think that's a thought I had like, you know, we talk about polling in America for abortion, abortion rights. We see on the, on the concrete question of should it be banned, you know, uh, uh, we see a, a strong support for abortion rights. When you get into more nuanced conversations about, about weak limits and what kinds of procedures, then you start to see narrowing of that gap. But even then, when you look in on, closer on some of that polling, you tend to find not a majority, but more people on the side of, ooh, I might support such and such ban, are at least people who also support you know better healthcare options, better education, uh, better resources for for pregnant people, et cetera. Uh, and I think that's a thing that I find so sort of shocking about <clears throat> where the debate's gone is that the debate at the governmental level is still yes versus no. And, you know, whereas you have a country that on the whole is like, we shouldn't be attacking women, <laughs> um, whatever are my opinion. And, I'm, and I look particularly why the Texas bill stands out for me it's one thing, I don't think it's really one thing when a state makes a decision for its own states. I think if you're part of the United States, you are affecting every other state, whether you want to or not. We're all, not all separate countries. But at least I can accept the concept of one state voting to ban something. The 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 case in Texas would affect the entire country. And that, that gets out of your state's rights argument. And I'm curious, your thoughts on the current landscape as someone who's been you know privy to these battles for a long time. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, I think... Um... Uh, judge Kazmarek, I think, is the um, I think is is the judge who is uh, who's who's listening to this case in Texas. He's also the go to he's also the go to judge for uh, a number of the uh, a number of the uh, AGs who uh, who are, who are fighting back against um, some of Biden's um, border security policies too. So he's like kind of your go to um, uh, conservative judge on on, on these issues. Um, Future chief but, but, no, right. but the the implicate the, I, I think the 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 uh, the aspect of this case that should worry people uh, apart from the abortion question, and I think I think I think Michael Michael realizes this as well is the is the idea that one federal one federal judge would um, uh, over overturn an FDA uh, 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 an FDA approved decision. Uh, and um, because if 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 it um, uh, if they could do it on this particular if they can do it on this particular um, drug, uh, 
by extension, it could also um, uh, that that could also be done with other FDA um, approved um, uh, approved um, uh, medicines uh, right now. Uh, right now, so beyond beyond the the issue of the the issue of abortion, which obviously is important and front and center. The the the, um, the the precedent that could be set um, that could be set here um, is, uh, is is very problematic, particularly given that the that the Supreme Court has uh, shown a a willingness uh, to rein in what what uh, conservatives refer to as the administrative the administrative state. Um, so uh, a, a lot of um, a lot of agencies um, that. Uh, FDA, um, uh, EPA, uh, others that have um, impact on health, the environment, and and and, and others um, could have uh, their uh, authoritative ability um, re reined in if this decision, along with along with others that the Supreme Court is looking at um, are, um, are, are, are supported. So th that's where I would look. One other thing though I would say, and uh, I, this is one angle to the, the um, overturning of, of, of Roe that uh, those on the left might, I, I won't say find encouragement for it because the, 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 the issue of bodily autonomy and, 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 and things of that nature are, are uh, par are paramount in a lot of these discussions, but uh, you you are starting to see a number of conservatives um, coming to grips with the fact that if if women are now in many of these states carrying um, the, the child to term, many um, many 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 poor women, um, that. There is going to have to be more um, uh, support for those uh, for those women, uh, financial support, child care, and things like that. So you are now seeing, starting to see conservatives who, in the in the in the past, have been resistant to um, uh, increasing the bu increasing budgets increasing budgets on 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 child care and um, neonatal care and and things things like that. Now suddenly, now the um, now the light is going on and saying, oh well, yeah. The, the the argument that the many on the left have, have said, well, you know, you're you're pro-life to the moment of to the moment of birth, but not afterwards. That argument is now starting to sink in on to to some on the uh, to, to to some on the right. It's not it's, it's not widespread, but it is it is it is growing. I agree with you that 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 argument exists. Uh, I think the key word there being some. I mean, like I you know, we live in one of the uh, bluest states in America. And we're constantly like, we can't afford this. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I I appreciate the 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 fact that there are some who are acknowledging this, but if history is any guide, you know, we we will not be kind to those moms and their babies. Yeah, um, if I could pick up on, on one point that that Rob said, you know, just about the the potential to undermine not just the FDA but sort of the whole administrative state and the ability to make decisions, particularly in the context of public health. For God's sakes, we just lived through, you know, a three-year public health shit show. Um, and on the heels of that, we are going to undermine the ability of one of the, you know, the the key agencies that regulates drugs and potentially other public health matters in other agencies and, 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 and create a ruling that undermines all that, you know, how are we going to pull ourselves out of a mess that, you know, public health certainly has some agency in creating, but boy, uh, you know, we're we're not being helped at all by by the forces around us. Uh, an agency that uh, that you know also, when if you want to get back to the political side of it, the FDA gave and he didn't play it very well, but Donald Trump his only real win in the pandemic, which is to say, like fast tracking uh, vaccines. Uh, um, uh, I, I want to talk now, like given, uh, uh, you know, we, we alluded to the, the right wing, uh, uh, leadership in many of these states pushing it. And certainly he has not quite, uh, got, I don't think that a bill has been introduced yet, but, uh, this is what an artful transition I'm doing here. This is so good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, like if I'm throwing from nine 11 to the weather report, uh, I'm running but, master of the segue. 
But, um, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, uh, starting to talk about this kind of uh, about this kind of uh, uh, legislative uh, legislative agenda in Florida. Uh, and this week, uh, stories starting to come out as as one would suspect, he is probably close to announcing a run for president. Uh, Meatball Ron, as he is called by by Donald Trump, which Donald Trump said he wouldn't use because it's offensive. I thought it was pretty funny anyway. Uh, but, you know, uh, I do have. Yeah, but I uh, like meatballs. That's a good point. I'll take it back. Take it back. Yeah, that's why I never like that in Sleepy Joe. Like, uh, who doesn't love sleeping? It's the best. I know. <laughs> it also makes him sound like one of the, you know, Snow White, one of her dwarves, you know? Yeah. He's a sleepy guy. It's a, he's one of the nice ones. Who isn't Also, tired? I feel like meatball is more appropriate for like a New Jersey politician. That's true. That's true. Well, you know, uh, apropos of what Rachel was saying, you know, about Philadelphia, you know, about we, 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 well, well, no, but the, the idea, the idea that uh, you know, with 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 Governor DeSantis, you know, it, it, the forecast is sunny with a chance of meatballs, you know, I think is oh, interesting. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's fun watching your process. There's Robert work. George. There he uh, is. Uh, Rod DeSantis uh, closing in on announcing a presidential bid. He's been doing uh, uh, quick stop by visits to uh, Staten Island. Uh, I believe Northeast Philadelphia, really just every region of a blue city that's full of people who still live there for some reason. You yeah. <laughs> um, just stop it. Like the people who are like, oh, I hate the taxes. And you're kind of like, just move to Florida then uh, yeah, or Arizona. Yeah. No, don't do that to Mike. No, no. <laughs> he doesn't need the neighbors. But, um, uh, you know, a couple stories came out this week. One's fun. One's terrifying. The fun story is that apparently this guy eats like a child, and uh, 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 rumor has it he literally used his fingers to eat pudding, which uh, uh, here's why I find that relevant. Because I think, you know, everyone talks about Ron DeSantis like he's this this evil mastermind villain politician. To me, he looks like there's a great bit on Parks and Rec when Ben Wyatt uh, manages the campaign of some congressional candidate, and uh, the joke is every time he sees him, like he comes to the office, the candidate like is really pleasant and then goes into an office and then just sits down and stares to the middle distance. And that has always been my read on Ron DeSantis. Like, I think he is an empty suit for these people. I think the people who want to be who agree with Donald Trump on everything, but think he's a crazy, uncontrollable person, see Ron DeSantis as the controllable version of Trump. And all that to say, I don't think Ron DeSantis knows that spoons exist. I don't believe that he knows. I think someone handed him a pudding and he's like, I don't know what else to do. So dupe, use my fingers. <laughs> and that does frighten me as a leader. Uh, but that gets to then the bigger issue of puppetry. Actually, before I get to that, thoughts on pudding. <laughs> Um, I think it's an underrated dessert. I love it. Yeah, uh, you know, I would say I th I don't even think it's about him being empty. I think it's just like he seems like someone who has zero patience. And when he wants something, he's going to get it and do it. And there was not a spoon there. So rather than having the patience to ask for a spoon, maybe he just went hands in. Uh, probably the likelier thing is that whatever um, flight attendants were on that flight were just like avoiding the monster. <laughs> and so he just couldn't, no matter how many times he pressed the button, he just yeah. couldn't get service for a spoon and, you know, he wants his pudding. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's time, you know, it's time for, it's time for Jello to bring back the pudding pots. I think I'm waiting for that. Oh, I was going to say, well, no, I Speaking felt bad. I was mad at Ron DeSantis because I was like, pudding just got its wrap back. <laughs> like, no, pudding's ruined. Bill Cosby. pudding's ruined forever, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's pudding, yeah, DeSantis Ron DeSantis would put the pudding But pot. a bigger, uh, <laughs> bigger, that's a good mush mouth. I'm not sure if, if you're going for a Cosby, it's not quite working. I thought the, mouth. you know, put hands with pudding was as icky as we were going to get but apparently not well no the bigger thing being he uh this is less icky but it it goes into my concerns about a puppetry uh issue this guy being a puppet for for evil interest uh well, Rod except, is Tom, on the I record to, i was gonna I say, have to throw in one thing though tom okay. I, um I, I, we, this we are getting, was we, working <laughs> no we are getting we are getting these interesting insights of the incredibly uh the incredibly disgusting habits of politicians on airplanes because remember Back in 2020, it was it was the story of uh, uh, Amy Klobuchar, uh, and uh, they, they they couldn't find the fork on the plate, so she ate the she ate the uh, salad with her with comb, a comb. Uh, uh, with the comb. So I mean, my God, it, it, it's, it's, 
You just don't want to see politicians in their natural habitat of an airplane. And worth <laughs> noting, meanwhile, what video keeps going around? Jimmy Carter flying coach and saying hello to people politely because that guy was a good man, is a good man. Same was just in case I haven't checked. And I was out. like, wait, did I miss something? <laughs> no, he's, no. he's alive today. Knowing this guy, like he's like he's in hospice care, but he'll somehow live comfortably till he's two hundred years old because he's and a you good know what? Man. It's what he deserves. He does. Has, has, uh, has anyone but, uh, has anyone created a website? You know, is Jimmy no. Carter? still alive yet yeah. they have <laughs> one for abe vagoda i know that, that was uh, <laughs> um but i think uh with desantis what uh this week he said that uh, protecting ukraine is not in the national interest of the united states of america uh and supporting ukraine and now there's a number of reasons i think a thing a couple of weeks ago we had benari polton uh united states army uh sergeant and uh our resident foreign policy expert on and i think he and i got into and i think it's an important way to frame this debate is that us supporting Ukraine is not just U.S. being nice and helpful and like a charity mission. Uh, historically, never good when a European dictatorship with a lot of weapons decides to get into the invasion of other countries' business. Uh, and specifically, you know, the thought, you know, uh, Russia wants the Ukraine because it is a strategic and a strategically important. It has a lot of money, has a lot of resources. And uh, I think it's important to note uh, who knows what Putin wanted to do after he conquered Ukraine a year ago. Uh, but he didn't conquer it. And so far, whatever's next hasn't happened. Uh, and I have concerns about someone who wants to be president of the United States saying that no biggie if the Ukraine is is invaded and conquered. And Robert, uh, we'll start with you. Uh, your thoughts on DeSantis, uh, DeSantis taking this stance, which is not, by the way, you know, in a Republican primary, not necessarily a deal killer, but I do think a difficult sell on the national stage to any U.S., uh, any any United States uh, voter who cares about foreign policy and defense. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it is. Uh, I mean, the, the, the phrase, you know, that phrase they used, uh, territorial dispute, is the one that um, got a lot of people in the you know, sort of the the realist slash common sense foreign policy uh, community um, uh, uh, upset, uh, including uh, including his own including his own um, U.S. Senator Marco Rubio, who you know, who said who said that he was you know ir irrespons irresponsible in that area. You know he'll draw that back though. You just so, well, know he's going to he draw might, that but back. But still, like if Marco Rubio is concerned about your decision making, what did he call Trump before Trump was the nominee? Just to remind you, <laughs> oh, I don't remember. But it was nothing good. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you are correct, though, that uh, you're starting to see uh, a growing part of the of the Republican Party, um, if not if not turning against um, the, the if not fully uh, turning against the Ukraine effort, um, certainly um, uh, uh, raising lots and lots of questions, lots and lots and lots, and lots of questions the concern about concern too. Uh, yeah, and what? And minimizing the concern. At minima, at minima, at minimizing, uh, at minimizing the the concern and 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 how 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 committed um how committed we should be how committed we should be on that. But my my thought is is that um, Desantis uh, Desantis stumbled um, here uh, somewhat, even though even as he's trying to align himself more with with the with the with the Republican base, it also gave. Um, Trump, the, uh, uh, this large opening, which he took um, to basically say that uh, you know um, there's no there there's there's not there's no there there with DeSantis um, that uh, he's uh, following him on most of um, on most of the big uh, most of the big issues and uh, he is um, he's a he's a re retread and and. Trump basically said this in as many words. He's a retread of um, of uh, um, big big government um, Republican cons uh, conservative types like Paul Ryan and 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 so and so, and so forth. So um, and and I forget where I I forget where I read this, but somebody pointed out that um, it, over the last. I think it's six months or so of of, um, of surveys of, of of polling surveys that have come out. Um, uh, uh, DeSantis's numbers against Trump um, have been trending have been have been trending downward. Uh, so uh, he is. I think I think he is going to have to uh, 
I think, be more assertive to the when he gets to the point of actually declaring um, that he's that he's going to run, assuming that he is going to he's going to run. He he's going to have to, uh, I think, do more than just say, well, look at my Florida, look at my Florida record. And uh, otherwise, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just like, I'm just like Trump. I think he's going to have to like actually show uh, some proactive um, th th things that uh, distinguish him, distinguish himself from 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 Trump. Uh, Rachel, thoughts on uh, thoughts on 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 thoughts on Ron DeSantis? <laughs> um, bad. Don't like him. <laughs> uh, it is kind of wild when you you know when you think about the grand scope of, of history at times remember not so long ago when florida was a swing state <laughs> is that crazy and now when i think of florida you're like that place is bright red um and it's kind of a shame because you know that there are a lot of folks that have lived in florida their whole lives and don't jive with what ron DeSantis is shoving down people's throats um and yeah i think his politics are pretty scary i mean i think uh and he kind of gets away with it because he's like he's good at being a public figure you know i mean he he's a stuntsman he does a lot of political stunts um and he stays in the conversation he sticks in people's brains um yeah i uh i think the it's kind of crazy when you think back to when people are like, oh, when it was Trump versus Hillary, it's the, you know, lesser of two evils. And I'm like, these are two truly evil men vying for the Republican <laughs> bid in the next election. And that's some pretty uh, scary shit. I don't like the guy. Um, and I, I think what he's doing in Florida, he's and it's the same with Trump. They're both telling us exactly what they want to do and they're going to to it you know they it's not this like oh they're just saying that to get votes it's like no this is what their plans are and it's it's a uh, pretty cruel stuff so um yeah, yeah I think the guy think he's an idiot and I also think he's uh well he's not an idiot because look where he is <clears throat> but um kind of underestimating you know when I drive to work sometimes I pass through Delaware County and Delaware County is like a very interesting place politically in Pennsylvania um it went blue in the last election but there's plenty of Trump flags as I as I drive through town and there's this VFW that I drive by and they have like blue lives matter flags but also we support Ukraine signs in front of their lawn so I think like he's I don't know if that's an issue that's going to sway enough voters against him but um, well, and I, I think the the reality and and Robert, I, I you you know as someone who covers the the New York uh, political establishment uh, for as many years again, know that I'm kind of oversimplifying this, but I'm kind of not. I really come back to this: Why are all these people saying, "Oh, Ukraine's not such a big deal"? Because uh, fundraising is a lot easier if you have a lot of Russian guys giving you money. That's my belief. It comes down to that every time. Yeah. Everyone's oh, like, yeah. "What did Trump? Ha what does Putin have over Trump?" Like, uh, owns a lot of buildings. <laughs> like, he, he wants that. You know, he wants to. He wants to sell buildings. He wants to make money. It's a pretty straightforward line, in my view, uh, between Russia has money and corrupt people want it. Uh, Mike, your thoughts uh, on on the the plight of the great state of Florida under. Uh, under human monster Ron DeSantis, which I say because of the pudding, not not necessarily to get into a debate over his ideology, which I do think is non-existent. Yeah, you know, my 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 mother and my in-laws both live in Florida, and it's just become a harder state to visit because there's just, I mean, Florida, there's always crazy shit going on in Florida, right? It's just, mm -hmm. it's just a strange place. Honestly. Um, you know, I I don't know. I guess the question is, does the country have the stomach for more of the the meanness and culture war nonsense that Trump has brought down on us. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I used to be a, a pretty optimistic person about our political future, and I, I still hold on to some of that. But, you know, watching Trump and DeSantis battle it out, I guess the best we could hope for uh, is, you know, I, I think the Democrats dream is you get a you get Trump or you get a more radicalized DeSantis running and the Democrats cruise to victory, pick up some more state houses and things continue to get a little better. Um, but there are also some Republicans out there who I think may be viable. And I, I Robert, I, I wonder what your thoughts on this. Are there any candidates who could come from behind in this wacky twosome of Trump and DeSantis and win, win the nomination, be somewhat more moderate, 
the economy's sluggish. Who knows? Biden is perceived as too old and the Republicans end up winning. Good perception. Oop, Robert. Robert, you moved. Oh, that's a, oh, it's been a while since I did that. Uh, I think um, people to uh, keep an eye on. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, Nikki Haley has has has, has declared. Uh, I, I know people are skeptical. There are people all over the map who are skeptical of her because she's been somewhat all over the map in in, in how she and and what she thinks about what she thinks about about Trump. But but she uh, but she kind of walks in that on that fence of traditional Republican establishment, you know, with her, um, you know, with her to toes in the, in the, um, in the, in the MAGA, in the, in the MAGA waters. Um, I don't think, I, I don't think uh, Mike Pence has any, has any real, um, you know, lane to run in just because uh, it, it, the, the Trump people, you know, see him as, uh, as having betrayed, betrayed their leader because he, <laughs> Followed the Constitution. Yeah. Gee. He has to win over people who literally want to murder him. Yeah, that you know. So that <laughs> that's that's, that's often that's often um, a difficult uh, obstacle to um, to over uh, to over overcome. Uh, uh, Nikki Haley's um, uh, uh, state colleague um, Tim Scott is uh, you know is um, testing the waters, as they say. He's been doing a couple of visits down in Iowa, and there are a lot of people who like his inspiration inspiration like his inspirational story and so forth but i i'm not i think as i wrote as i wrote a few weeks ago i i think tim scott is one of those people who are um you can dispute his policies and things like that but i just think he's like he's too nice to um, to run uh, uh, to win a uh, to win the, the the current republican the current republican base um over uh and yeah, so so I mean, th 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 those are you know those are a couple of a couple of people out there. I don't really um, some of the people. There was a story recently about uh, a, a number of people who the people who ran against who were in the 2016 field, and uh, just about all of them are all of them are taking a pass because they they don't think that they can they can they can over they can overcome Trump or they think that um, DeSantis has already uh, kind of established himself as the um, as the as the better option. There is now there's a possibility that you could see a you could see a dark horse um, uh, coming out as uh, like a governor coming from somewhere. But, you know, that, that's so uh, you're that, telling me we don't have to worry about a Ted Cruz president. <laughs> no, yeah, no, Ted, yeah, Ted, yeah, Ted Cruz, no, no Ted, Ted has already said. Ted has already said he's a, he's a, he's running for re-election as a senator. He's not going to he's he's not going to um, he's not going to run for president. Also, mm, I hate you, it either way. Yeah, I don't love him being in office, but again, I do think the thing that unites Democrats and Republicans nationally is that we'd be like, no, we don't need Ted Cruz as president. Uh, yeah, Robert, I was going to say something, and I want it recorded so that you can feel like a little bit of vindication here. Something I never say. Uh, it's going to start with something that's complimentary, but then it will be a sly insult towards Republicans. Uh, I agree with you on Tim Scott. I think Tim Scott, whatever my disagreements with him, which is everything, uh, is a serious leader who actually cares about governing. Uh, you know, I think he's a smart person, unlike like the Marco Rubio would be like the comparison of like younger, non-white elected senator who, who, who has, you know, some excitement with parts of the party. I think he genuinely cares about trying to move our country forward. I think he's separated enough from the Trump of it all that he could could that he's not sad with that baggage. Uh, and these are all the reasons why I think he comes in at like 3% in Iowa and drops out the next day. Uh, <laughs> that's my stance. And uh, we will leave it there. This has been a terrific conversation. Thank you so much, panel. Uh, very excited. Yeah. All four of us can be in Philadelphia in, uh, uh, I guess, 10 days or so um, for the Class Clowns Comedy Festival. But I'll let everyone uh, do their own separate plugging. Uh, uh, Mike Udell, uh, uh, when can folks see you during uh, during Philly Theater Week? <laughs> Uh, study Hall, uh, Saturday, April 1st, 8.30 p.m. at the Players... Plays and Players Plays Theater. And Players. Plays and Players Theater. Come and join us. We'll, we'll have a great show. Excellent. Rachel, you're going to be all over that That. We'll be thing, all but... over that festival. Uh, Thursday night of the festival, a show that I direct called Untitled. Uh, we'll be doing a show at 8.30. Um, that is where we bring in a local artist to come and present their work. And that is what inspires an improv set. And then during the set, the artist creates something based on the show. 
Um, Friday night, I will be uh, performing as an improviser in Electoral Dysfunction. And Saturday, Saturday. I will be with uh, Mr. Udell and performing in Study Hall. So Excellent. I'm just all over that fest. Robert, uh, you know, I could promote the uh, the Electoral Dysfunction. Mm -hmm. So any shows you want to plug coming up, this will come out after your your Sunday show at, <laughs> at Comic Strip Live. Although, you know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I, I will be, uh, let's see, I will be on the, um, I will be on the comedy, the comedy mob uh, lineup uh, to Stand Up New York on uh, Monday, uh, Monday the 20th. Uh, that's a set that's a seven o'clock that's a seven o'clock show uh as you said you know uh, electoral dysfunction on the 30 on the 31st in the uh, in the city of brotherly love and um and otherwise you can also you know find me you can find me on the twitters at uh at um, at, at rob george and you can find me on uh, instagram at either Rob George 29 or Robert George Comedy, um, my brand new IG handle. So there you go. Excellent. Thank you. And of course, uh, uh, again, Electoral Dysfunction is going to be part of the Class Clowns Comedy Festival. Got through it. Uh, Friday, uh, March 31st, 7.30 p.m. at Plays and Players Theater. Robert George is going to be on the panel. Uh, uh, Philly election lawyer Lauren Vetus is going to be on the panel. Chip Chantry, uh, who you know from from all kinds of great stuff, uh, and just outed the fact that there had been a what was supposed to be a Jaws comedy on his on his podcast uh, earlier this week. Uh, going to be on, uh, and uh, 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 Kai Lani Palmisano is going to be back, uh, Emmy Award winner. It's going to be a great panel. Uh, terrific group of improvisers, uh, Rachel and other people whose names I don't know as of this conversation. Um, <laughs> I'm also going to be around that weekend doing a, a show at Tattooed Moms in Philadelphia on April 2nd. I forget the name. It's Betty Smithsonian's show. Big, uh, big ass Bettys. That's what it is. I don't like saying that. Uh, and I'll be back the following weekend to do Flirt Vonnegut's Fantasy Basement. So uh, you're all over Philadelphia. All over. That's right. Yeah. With us Moving much? back. Someone's got Amtrak points. <laughs> They're finally using. Uh, so they, they haven't had their Philly U yet, Tom. Nice. Oh, all right. That's hey. not bad. All Phil, I got it. I got it. I picked up on that one. Uh, and as always, find me on Twitter at Brennanator, on Instagram at Brennanatorgram. Thank you to my buddy Ned Thorne for helping me put these together whenever we do them. Thank you to Joey Harris for doing our show theme music. Thank you again, panel, for being a part of it. We will be back next week, at which point I may finally have a sign-off. Bye! Bye!